the Damaged Goods Podcast. The pendulum never swings gently. The pendulum never swings gently. It swangs heavy in one direction. And because of all that heavy swanging and swinging, the momentum that propels it back in the opposite direction is possibly even stronger than the momentum that first propelled it in that original direction. And back and forth and back and forth. That's how the pendulum swang or swing. That's a line, not all that shit, just the, the pendulum never swings gently line. There's a line uh, from my upcoming book, my follow-up book I'm working on. My first book, Quicksand, is available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, ebook, mom-and-pop bookstores. You know the... You know the whole fucking humble mumble rap about that shit, but I am working on a follow-up, and that's something I wrote in there, and uh, it's very applicable to this podcast I'm doing today. I'm talking about some things um, that are important to me that are important to all art. Censorship is the enemy of art. It's the enemy of truth. Everybody's, not just certain persons at a certain time when it's convenient. We all are affected by censorship, even if it's something you don't care about being censored, all right? J617 in the house. J617, thanks for, for stopping in. It is Liz joined. But yeah, censorship is all our problems, even if you don't think it's your problem. I wonder if anybody out there heard of this dude, Martin Niemöller? Niemöller? It's a German name. It's got the two dots uh, over the O. I know I'm butchering it. I'm butchering this man's name. Martin Niemöller. Uh, you might not know him, but I guarantee most of you intelligent listening motherfuckers out there know a pretty famous quote of his that's been around for a while, and it's been getting used recently. But this dude, Martin Mueller, he was a, a, a Lutheran pastor in Germany uh, before and during and after the occupation of the Nazis. He was a public opponent of Adolf Hitler's, very outspoken. And for anybody to be outspoken in Europe was risky, but especially in Germany. And he, was a, he wasn't Jewish or... Polish or, or didn't have any handicaps or nothing. He, he was a, a, a pastor, though, and a pastor that was outspoken, and that wasn't cool. He actually spent seven years in, uh, in um, concentration camps, basically the last seven years of, of Hitler and the Nazis' run. And after he was released and the Nazis were defeated, he had this quote that gets applied a lot. And uh, I was seeing it applied again, you know, a few months back. Uh, I think when, when the protest for George Floyd's murder and a lot of other black people in America's murder at the hands of the police, uh, you, you would see this phrase come up, and it's always been used in times of, of protest and worry about shit. And I'll read you the quote, and when you hear the quote, you might be like, well, shit, Jake the Snake, I have heard it. I don't know Martin Mueller, this Lutheran pastor, but I know this quote. And the quote goes a little something like this. First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. All right? So that phrase you might recognize, you might have heard. And I'm applying that phrase, not phrase, rather, that statement, that saying, those words, that poetry, if you will, to the concept of censorship. Fucking hate it. I hate censorship. I've been an artist all my life. Like, I wasn't a musician. I'm not a writer, a broadcaster, skater, surfer, whatever. Always been an artist. These are different mediums of my expression. I need to express myself. I like to speak what's on my mind, what's in my heart. 
I let this art, like most artists do, be provocative at times to inspire thoughts, to soothe, to disrupt, to do a lot of things. Sometimes it's just self-connection. It's love, you know what I'm saying? But we like to express things. So I love my freedom of speech. And I also like freedom of, of, of intake, all right? Censorship doesn't just prevent people from speaking what they want to speak, even sharing the truth sometimes. Censorship prevents people from absorbing this information, this art, these perspectives. Censorship prevents you, me, from reading, watching, listening, hearing, seeing certain things done. It's not just about the people doing them. So we always hear about censorship in certain kind of governments. You know, obviously, uh, a lot of fascist and communist governments have been very censoring of what the people can and can't read. You could say that for even some capitalist countries. And I'll, I'll go ahead and say this now. Uh, America, I have plenty of critiques for the governor of America. Uh, I'm not, when I don't mention something, I'm not letting capitalism off the hook. I'm not really here to talk about forms of government, though. I'm not here to talk about political sides, Republican, Democrat. This conversation should affect all of you. So you're not going to hear me rallying behind one side and condemning another. That's not what this is for. I'm talking about something that we all are affected by, we all should care about. And that's censorship, man. What you want to be able to take in. I love the freedom of listening to the music I want to listen to. And if I don't like that song or that artist anymore, I have the power and freedom to stop listening and say, fuck that person. If I don't like the books, I don't like this guy's words. I'm not going to listen to what he's got to say in his books or online. I don't like that news station. I don't think they're reporting the truth. I'm going to change it. Or I really do like what these guys or these people over here are saying. I really like what that artist paints. I want to go to their gallery shows. I got the choice. I got the power. A lot of us don't acknowledge we got this power, this control, this responsibility. Um, and sometimes, you know, I f we feel lost. We feel like social media and, and society in general and mass media is, is pulling us in certain directions. And we don't realize we have this power and control over it. We don't like things, but we don't want censorship. My man, Art. What's up, Arturo? Que pasa, Holmes? Miss Julie's back in the mix. And listeners, I'm sorry if you hear me talking to the live people on IG for the podcast. The real podcast comes out days later. But, yeah, we don't think about that just because we don't like something. You don't want it censored. I don't like to see a bunch of KKK motherfuckers rallying. I don't want to hear the hate they spewing. But if I want to speak about the shit I want to speak about, the way freedom of speech works, the same way censorship works, it's just an inverse, it's a flip. I got to allow them to have the right to say that, just like I want mine. Now, freedom of speech is just that, freedom of speech. It's not freedom of action, right? You can't act upon these things and, and expect no repercussions. But you have the re right to speak these things, you have the right to write them, to record and, and sing them and paint them and dance them and film them. And I want the right to absorb these things if I want. Censorship is bad news. I'm clapping. Yes, I'm fucking clapping. My girl would clap when she talks to. She'd prove it is. You just heard plan B right there. I got plan A and plan B with me when I podcast. Plan A is water. Always water, number one. Plan B is cognac. Um, but <laughs> today it is. I want to take in certain things. And I don't want to be censored. So there might be somebody I don't agree with. A lot of people will use this Alex Jones example. I've been hip to Alex Jones for a grip. I have DVDs of his from 99 and 2000. But I stopped fucking with him, and I'll tell you why. Uh, if you don't know who William Cooper is, he's the author of this pretty infamous and legendary book, Behold the Pale Horse. William Cooper was naval intelligence. He was discharged when he came across certain documents, and he wasn't supposed to, and... 
goes on to uh, write a very infamous book that would be, you know, it's kind of like a Bible of conspiracy theories, but it's grounded in a lot of truth. And even in the, in the foreword of his book, he prophesies his own death, his own demise from this. And sure enough, years, a couple years after the book came out, um, you know, he actually already had attempts on his life. He'd been shot at a couple of times. He was run off the road in a very mysterious manner and died. But anyway, the reason I stopped fucking with Alex Jones was Alex Jones used to swing from the nuts with him, Cooper. Because he was out there kind of saying some of the same things that William Cooper had validation for. Remember, this guy's in naval intelligence. That's high up there. And uh, William Cooper said, I don't fuck with this dude, Alex Jones. He's a disinformationist. He's selling things. Look, he's just trying to use fear to sell all these products on his website. And disinformationists, they'll hit you with some real facts. They'll hit you with some truth. But they, they sprinkle those things in there to grab you. And then they throw a whole bunch of bullshit out there to distract you. And this dude used to, Alex Jones used to swing from William Cooper's nuts, and then he kind of stopped, and when William Cooper denounced him, and I, I found out that he had denounced Alex Jones much after his assassination, uh, but I stopped fucking with him. And if you would go to his website, you would see on InfoWars, he was slanging products of all kinds, using fear, as most salesmen do. I mean, nothing is a better motivator uh, for, for um, consumerism than fear. I've bought and shit off fear. I think everyone bought toilet paper six months ago off fear. It's a hell of a motherfucking, it's a hell of a motherfucking motivator to buy shit. So he's selling you shit. So that's, you know, how he's on some bullshit. But um, he got deplatformed. Alex Jones did. People didn't like some of the stuff he was saying. Now, I don't think I agree with it either. I don't like it, but I don't want him to be censored because I want to take in the shit I want to take in. And I don't want that censored either. And me tying it back to that dude, Martin Mueller, the Lutheran pastor who had that great saying that I started off the podcast with, what up, Lex? What up, Lex? Um, it's like, okay, you didn't speak up for the Alex Joneses because you didn't agree. Just like he said, he didn't speak up for the unionists because he wasn't one of them, right? So maybe you're not a crazy conspiracy theory nut. Then some pages on uh, Facebook. I, they've been censoring a lot of uh, right-wing shit, but they also censored some Palestinian, pro-liberation of Palestinian pages, which I'm very down for. And that's not cool. So, you know, whether you say, well, I'm not a Palestinian, so I didn't speak up for them, right? Just like he said, he didn't speak up for the Jews because he wasn't a Jew, and then they came for him. If you don't defend things like freedom of speech against the evils of censorship, even when it's not in your favor, you're going to see it come back to bite you in the ass, and that pendulum will swing right back at you and not in a gentle manner, as I have said. So you got to fight against censorship, even if they're censoring someone you don't like. Yeah, I'm sure there's some dudes I would love if they shut the fuck up. I don't think the shit they spew is healthy. But if I shut them up or want them shut up, who's to say they ain't going to shut me up next? Because the people pulling the strings in power aren't always the same people. Or they might have little intricacies different that they might censor the shit you like. The fucking, the, the little independent news thing you like. That one author. I mean, shit, dude. In some countries, man, authors and writers and musicians, they're fucking... They get silenced. Journalists disappear. I think we take, in America, we take it for granted. Like, the fact that I can even have this podcast talking about this, the fact that we can even protest against censorship and shit like that, that's remarkable. There's a lot of countries. I mean, you might, my father's parents came from the Eastern Bloc, uh, you know, like, I mean, mostly communist until the fall of the Soviet Union, 91. You couldn't talk about a lot of shit. So we take that for granted. And I'm very glad we can speak on this shit, you know? And exactly... Thank you, Lex. Well said, man. And, and I mean, censorship is not doing any art help. You're diluting music. The music you love will get diluted eventually because you were 
allowing censorship to take place to musics you didn't like, filmmakers you didn't like. Yeah, Jig 617, I'm going to speak on it. Authors you didn't like. I like to get on the radio. I like to get on the podcast. I like to get in my books and write and talk from the heart and say shit. And I want to take that same stuff from other people. I love hearing people speak from the heart, write from the heart, sing from the heart. And if it gets censored, I can't enjoy it. Okay? I was seeing things, I was seeing left-wing politicians pushing for the censorship of things. And I was shocked to see that coming from the left, right? China would shut my ass down. That's right, A's baby. And that's what I'm talking about. I don't want to live in a, any kind of government that's going to censor me whether that's a capitalist, communist, socialist, fascist, I ain't with it. I don't want to be quiet. I'm the motherfucker that needs to speak my mind. And more importantly, there's more people out there, more motherfuckers out there that need to and want to and deserve to be able to absorb this stuff. And to see the left doing what you, you typically associate with the right so much, being conservative, maybe conservative with expression, blew my mind, dude. And I'm not here to talk about left, right, middle bullshit. What's up, Nene? I see you, Nene. I'm not here to talk about that. This is an issue, like I said, that doesn't matter what political faction team you want to root for, who you're going for. Are you a Trump or Rumper? Are you a bleeding for Biden? Are you a libertarian? It don't matter. It don't matter if you're young, old, rich, poor, man, woman. Censorship is bad fucking news, right? And, I, I, okay, so in, in journalism, there's very few journalists I like. I like Matt Taibbi. I like Chris Hedges. I like Glenn Greenwald. I butchered his name. It's hard. Glenn Greenwald. He's got a lot of N's and L's and E's and R's and alliteration. It throws me off. Glenn Greenwald is a very um, reputable and, and ill-ass journalist. If you're not familiar with him, he broke some of the stories that are kind of big over the last you know, 15 years, like Julian Assange and, and WikiLeaks and, and Edward Snowden shit. That was all going through Glenn Greenwald. God, that's a hard name to say. So anyway, he's an independent journalist, lives in Brazil now. And uh, he helped start this platform, this media platform, The Intercept, which I enjoy. Him and a bunch of other dudes. Now, you think when you and some other like-minded individuals, you and your boys, maybe you start a record label, a clothing company, a restaurant, whatever. You're in there with people who are kind of on the same level as you. You all, and maybe I can imagine in his situation, a bunch of people in the media and journalism that were like, yo, we don't like the way these conservative and liberal media things and every all this corrupt mainstream. It don't matter conservative or liberal. Mainstream media, media co-opted by large financiers that have agendas of their own, they wanted a place where they could do actual journalism. It didn't have to play sides like left and right. They could just keep it funky, keep it one billion, one billion. So they start their own shit to intercept. This motherfucker, Glenn Greenwald, I got it right that time. Just a couple days ago, I mean, by the time you hear this, it might be a week old or something. He just resigned and left the intercept, the, the, the news platform, the media platform that he helped fund over censorship. He was upset that they were censoring his own work and others. It went literally against the, the, the rationale, the, 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 the stroke of genius, the, the heartful input that they started that shit for in the first place. And, you know, it's, that's crazy, man. You can't, I mean, censorship in the media and of the news and the facts might be more dangerous. I don't know. That's all dangerous. I don't, can't say it's more dangerous than the censorship of art. But that's ridiculous, man. The pendulum's swinging crazy, man. If we let people censor shit, it's, it's a slippery slope. And I've talked, I think I even had an episode on damaged goods called The Slippery Slope. Well, this is, baby, this is the slippery slope of censorship. Get your skis and ski poles, your snowboards and your parkas, man. Bundle up. 
Bundle up. Callie Alley. What up, girl? Nice to see you there. That's a damaged goods podcast alum. Yeah, the slippery, slippery slope of censorship. God, these are tough words. These are tough words. <laughs> uh, and that's what we're seeing. And in this thought of, 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 of censorship, which I hate, it made me think of its connection to cancel culture. Because what is cancel culture other than censorship? Now, if you got a TV show, right? Damaged Goods, best podcast ever. Callie Alley, I fucking love you, girl. Mm, I'm giving you a hug through IG Live. Damn right. Cancel culture, my friends. It's been around for some years. It's only grown in popularity. People are a part of it when they don't even know that they're an active participant in said cancel culturing. Hawaiian Love 81, what's up? Thank you for tuning in. And this cancel culture is censorship. Now, if you're on a TV show and you do whatever they don't like, the networks, the powers that be, society, really, the societal input and the pressures from the culture will have people canceled. You can cancel a TV show. You can't cancel a person. I mean, you know, actually, that's not true. There are certain governments, communist, fascist governments, they cancel people all the time. In Cambodia, the killing fields, they cancel people all the time by shooting them in the fucking head. All right? Real censorship. That's a next-level censorship that maybe we don't experience in America as much. But they still censor people like that to death in America. That's cancel culture. So when you participate in cancel culture on the interwebs, as I like to call it, in social media, that's some fucked-up censorship. You are supporting it. And it makes me think of this. Listen, there's people that I see on TV, here on the radio, hearing their music. I don't like what they say. And like I said earlier in the fucking podcast, my time back in, yeah, that's what I do. Turn the channel. Change the channel. Turn the music off. Buy a different book. Don't watch that motherfucker's movies. You have the control. You have the power. Take some, for the love of Christ, please, man, take some fucking responsibility. Yes, 80s Baby Brady, it is a terrible time to be a comedian. Terrible time to be any artist because you can't speak your mind. Now, listen, there's shit I've heard comedians, musicians, read authors I've read. I don't like what they say. It upset me, but I just put the book down. If I'm going to combat that person's words and rally people to fucking cancel them. I'm not frying the big fish. I'm frying the little fish. I'm picking the low-hanging fruit. There's big fish to fry. There's fights we should be fighting, but people are too lazy. They don't want to fight those fights. They want to fight these little easy fights so they can pat themselves on the back, feel like they accomplished something, and work against their own interests as a human being to censorship. I feel like cancel culture is scared of discourse. I, I tweeted something the other day, and I, if I was a little more prepared, I'd probably have the motherfucking... Um, tweet up, but I don't. I don't have a Jamie like Joe Rogan. I don't have a whatever. Uh, yes, Nini, I'll save this and you can watch it later. I used to have Terry, my intern. I don't. I fly solo now because I'm always traveling and shit. It's hard to have a producer, so I don't have the tweet up. But I said something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing myself, said something along the lines of, uh, cancel culture is bred from those who are afraid of discourse. And if you really want if you don't like the way someone's thinking, you think their outlook and their perspective is fucked up or wrong or whatever, you really don't like it, you would prefer, right, what? To have them think on the level you do. Or at least to see things through your lens and why it's messed up or wrong. You'd like them to change their mind. Maybe have their mind elevated to the same level you think you're on or feel you're on. And I get that. I think we all want that. To the simplest examples of arguing with your significant other. You just, I just want you to see my point of view. Right? 
Actually, I think I wrote something in, a, in, in my book. I know I wrote something in my book about arguing with an ex-girlfriend about that. In the arguments with our friends and family, you just want them to see your point of view. And then on a grander scale, you really want them to see the, the perspective of this issue. So you would rather have them change their mind and be on your side, if we have to use that stupid phrase. But if you're canceling them, are you going to change their mind? Do you think shunning them in the town square and throwing rocks at them changed their mind? Are they on your side now? Or do they just double down? Are they just going to dig their heels in now? Because to admit you're wrong, to change your mind and say, hey guys, hey person, I was wrong. I fucked up. That wasn't right. I get it now. It takes a lot of strength and you got to be vulnerable to do that. And it's scary being vulnerable and none of us like to be vulnerable. None of us. Me included. Although I tend to like to do it a little more than others. But anyway, to say that and to want to change your mind, and now you saw that perspective, you have to be vulnerable. But if you're vulnerable and people are canceling you and slaughtering you on the interwebs and public or whatever, fuck it, man. That vulnerability makes you even more susceptible to hurt in that situation. And now, are you going to change? You might say, now fuck these people. They're hurting me. They're coming at me. You know what? No, I was right. This is right. They're going to double down. They're going to dig their heels in, and they're going to be further away from changing their mind. They're going to go even further from where you thought you was going to make your point when you canceled them. That pendulum with them will swing so goddamn aggressive, as I said, to the other way, and now they ain't on your side. They won't see your fucking point of view. Canceling them makes them double down, man. Maybe discourse helps it. Not arguments, not trying to win, not proving your point and yelling and coming out on top, right? This isn't some political news on CNN. This ain't hardball where people just argue and shit. This is discourse. I'm talking about conversations, not just talking, but listening, feeling. That's what I do on Damaged Goods. You might hear some words somebody says, and it might change your perspective. Maybe not, but that's the hope of it. But if you're taking out the element of discourse and just canceling them, they ain't ever going to change their mind. You're not going to have anybody growing on your side. Those in cancel culture have adopted this closed-minded, cut-and-dry approach that is censorship. Bottom line, listen. I'm not saying if people are doing some fucked-up shit and it's very offensive that they shouldn't be on, on large-scale platforms. Now, if they have their own platform, that's fine. And social media... I know people like to say there's a, a thought that maybe it should be treated as like well, utilities, like electricity, internet. And in that case, I think people should be able to say what they want. You don't like what he says on Twitter, don't follow him. You don't have to watch it. Now, if it's network TV, I get it. You know, you're not going to be able to say some crazy shit on NBC News or Fox News. So maybe that won't exist there. But canceling them and, and shit, is, you're not helping. This is some shit I always thought the far right, the neocons did, but now you see liberal people doing it too, which is bad news. Cancer culture is censorship, and I ain't for it. I'm not here. I'm here to write and speak and talk from the heart. You know, Evil Earn, what up? My man Evil Earn actually is the guy who produced the intro music to Damaged Goods. He's one of my best friends and an incredible producer. We've done so much music over the years. And he's a part of this podcast because he did that music. And Ern will tell you as an artist that censorship is bad for all art, even if you don't agree with it. If I want to get up here and talk about this, censorship would be working against me. If you like what you hear in my podcast or read in my book, censorship would work against me, even if I don't agree with who these people were. It's fucked up, man. So you got to think about this shit. You like art? You like music? You like books? You like movies? I do too. Let's not do censorship. Are you going to have what places like the communist government China has where you get a very 
a slim selection of what you can listen to and watch and get on the internet. You like your freedom of choice, right? So don't censor others. That pendulum will swing right back in your motherfucking ass. All right, y'all. This episode of the Damaged Goods Podcast was brought to you by Elite Botanicals. Elite Botanicals is originally the CBD division of Elite Cannabis. If you guys have heard me talk about them, you know this is my favorite CBD product out there. The only one that truly works. I swear by it. That's why I'm endorsing them, not for any other reason. And now they're back with their new line for your little pets, Whole Pet CBD. They are one of the first companies farming high CBD cannabis under industrial hemp rigs. They've been working with CBD since 2013 with one of the first licensees in Colorado. Also, they've been working with Colorado State University since 2016 on their canine research study with CBD. So they know what they're doing. Their focus is providing farm-to-table product that uses the best ingredients possible, ultra-refined, distilled, full-spectrum CBD oil at high potency for reasonable pricing. That's the problem. Most of these other guys are overpriced for their non-working stuff. This allows for effective dosing and a 30-day-plus supply per unit. For the pets, they've got drops that go on their food or in their mouth. they got chicken and salmon-flavored ones. They've got soft gel capsules. they got a gravy powder. You just sprinkle that over their food or put a couple of water in there, and it makes a nice little gravy mix chocked full of CBD, glucosamine, and omegas for their joints. They've got nose and toes balm for cracked noses and paws, and they got some all-natural treats on the way. All this is available at wholepetcbd.com. Elite Cannabis, Elite Botanicals, and now Whole Pet CBD, all from Elite. Go check it out. And now for an additional discount, use the promo code DAMAGEDGOODS. That's D-A-M-A-G-E-D-G-O-O-D-S. Damaged Goods to get an additional percentage off.